This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, welcome back. 403-974-8255. So we're talking about Calgary next. Uh, the mayor's what seemed like an offhanded comment yesterday, right? It wasn't as though the mayor said to the reporters, look, I've called you all here today and a big announcement to make. Uh, Calgary next, that proposal is dead. Uh, he, he said it as, as he was answering a question, and I think he said it in a way that was maybe his opinion, his belief that it's probably dead, probably not going to happen, and that we should focus on this idea of a plan B. That's how it came across to me. But the mayor's a smart guy, and I mean, he should know, obviously, that, that his words get noticed, and when he says Calgary Next is dead, people are going to pay attention to that. So that came as news to, to the Flames. I think it came as news to two others on city council. But city council's got a decision to make. Let's get some thoughts from one of those folks on city council. This is Ward 8's Evan Woolley. Councilor, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me, man. Okay, so what did you make of what the mayor said yesterday, first of all? Uh, Well, it caught me by by surprise. I mean, um, you know, we have to remember that ultimately uh, the mayor is, is one vote. Uh, and that this this decision will ultimately rest you know rest with council, right? And so, where are things at? When will council be in a position to make a decision? Well, you know, we've been we've been looking at council gave direction to our administration to um, to they had they had done a fair amount of analysis on Calgary Next, and we gave them direction to what does another location look like? Um, we don't we didn't want to put all of our eggs in one basket here. Um, the, this was the proposal that the Flames had come forward with. Um, you know, we, we'd had conversations about some of the challenges uh, that this pro- that Calgary Next had in a whole bunch of different ways, and Council gave direction for them to look at a at, an, at a second option or a Plan B over in Victoria Park, which they are doing now. Um, and Council gave that direction. So, so I, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, if the mayor knows something that I don't, but this is this is ultimately a decision of council and, and, and will be one that's brought forward at some point. The, there was a pause button that was hit, and the Flames agreed to that to, to start to look at another location, but um, uh, I, I'm un, unaware that it was dead. Well, okay, yeah, which I, I guess technically it's not, but in terms of the decision council will make, I mean, it, it could be that, okay, we've come up with this idea of plan B, let's vote on this idea, yay or nay, or is it a case of... Okay, here are two scenarios. Let's yeah, well, let's pick I mean, one. How, how's like, it going to work? Like like anything, if you're buying a car or uh, or, or, or going for a, going for a back appointment, sometimes it's look best to look at a, a at a couple of different options. Um, we set out uh, a framework through which we'd we'd be making decisions, and one of them was to let let's let's look at a couple decisions. I mean, no nobody appreciates that there was some gap in the cities costing out of Calgary Next versus the Flames. Uh, there's some significant environmental challenges, uh, some transportation challenges with Calgary Next. So let's, let's go look at some other locations that had been discussed in and around uh, the Stampede and Victoria Park, uh, compare those proposals side by side, and then, and then come forward uh, for a decision from Council, remembering that we, we set out a bunch of principles, uh, the two critical ones being public money must be used for public benefits. And this is a principle that uh, I know my colleagues on council aren't interested in wavering from. The second principle is there has to be extensive stakeholder consultation, and we need to engage with Calgarians about this. And, and, and those conversations and negotiations are underway, and I think that there will be still some input from Calgarians 
uh, into into any proposal for sure. But in what sense do you think? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think one we have to do a lot of the feasibility work. So those are the surrounding stakeholders. We're remembering, and, and people, people kind of had often forget, even on the Calgary Next, that there's five different neighborhoods that, uh, that surround, the, those, uh, uh, surround where the Calgary Next was, was occurring. Um, in the Plan B scenario, there are four other communities through which any new arena um, uh, might live. And so if anybody can kind of picture what an arena would be like in their neighborhood, uh, it's best that you go talk to the neighbors um, before, before these kind of decisions are made, and, and that's critically important. Okay, well, if, if we assume for a moment that Calgary Next is, if not dead, unlikely to happen, does that mean we revert back to the, the previous West Village redevelopment plan that I think was approved back in, in 2010? Or where, where does it yeah. leave the West Village? So the West Village does have an area redevelopment plan, and actually one of the things that uh, we did with a number of the neighbor, neighbor, uh, the surrounding neighbors, is we kind of got together and we 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 we, we fleshed out here are some of the here are some of the non-starters for the community, and and the main one for that is, and it's something that has been sitting there for a hundred years so far, is is that uh, there is a ton of creosote sitting in the ground there, uh, and it's a huge environmental liability. Uh, for the city, it wasn't our. We didn't start the problem, uh, or we didn't cause the problem, but we're we're left with it. And um, you know, we have to explore the polluter pays. Uh, we have a whole bunch of work that has to do, uh, has to start there, regardless of whether Calgary next uh, occurs there or not. And um, you know, there, there's an opportunity to fit many many thousands of people along, uh, living along the Bow Bow River there, and we have uh, a big environmental problem sitting in the ground there. Well, and the city owns that land, right? The city owns the vast majority of that land, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, even if the city didn't own that land, I mean, there, w- there would still be an issue there, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we, are, we are spending significant amounts of money every year uh, just, keeping, um, just, uh, just keep, keeping that problem uh, at bay. Um, but when you recognize things, uh, um, challenges like when flooding happens, uh, it, it puts our, our, our Bow River uh, system at risk. And, and these are something that's some, this is something that we have to be really, really thoughtful of. And, and we've made commitments to the community surrounding that, uh, both in that area redevelopment plan, but also historically, uh, to clean up, to clean up that mess or, or at least start the legal, uh, the legal work that needs to be done to, to go after the polluter on this. Well, okay, yeah, which, I mean, that, that would be a nice way to deal with it. I, I don't know how, how achievable that is, but that, that seems like a logical solution. What was, the, the, what was spelled out in that West Village redevelopment plan, then? What was the idea of how we would clean up that land? Well, it wasn't really. I mean, what, it, it, there's discussions of it, and remembering that, uh, you, know, the, you know, terrible industrial uses, um, and there was, there's no funding scheme for how we'll pay for it now, but there's a whole bunch of work that needs to be done uh, from environmental analysis to the legal analysis. How do we go after uh, or, or, or hold to account uh, the polluter that, that was the cause of that? What is the role of the provincial government? Um, because before, you can, before a shovel can hit the, hit the ground over there, uh, we got a lot of we got a lot of cleanup to do. So if, if we were ever even planning on having an arena there or just people living, which is is what a lot of people would prefer, um, uh, there, there's a lot of work that needs to get done. Right, and I mean this is a, a long term thing, and obviously we hope that uh, you know the, the city's economy is going to turn around. I mean, you just you look at the the vacancy rates right now in the downtown core. The idea of you know new development near downtown, I mean that that just seems like such a, a tremendous challenge right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have certain rates of absorption. So when you look at uh, 
when you look at even the Beltline uh, and actually residential, high-rise residential in the Beltline, um, uh, well, 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 people are kind of watching watching the economic horizon here. Uh, uh, residential sales are, are remaining uh, remaining reasonably stable, and I think a lot of opportunity where we're seeing the office and commercial uh, be challenged. We we hope that we can we can uh, we can fit a whole uh, many many more tens of thousands of people living in our downtown core. All right. So and this, West, Village, yeah. West Village is a huge and West Village is a huge huge piece of that uh, of that future play. All right. So as things stand now, Evan, I mean, do, do you have a, a firm position on the need for a new arena, where it should go, how much the city should be prepared to pay? Yeah, you know, I stick by the principles that we set out, and that is public money for public benefit, uh, extensive consultation. It, we need to make sure that wherever this arena goes, uh, that there is a vibrant community that can survive and thrive around it. We need to look at the field house and what are the needs of the different stakeholders of the field house. Uh, what are the costs? Uh, for the contamination in West Village, um, the responsibility of the polluter uh, in that part. Um, really, you know, I, I think there's not many Calgarians that don't appreciate uh, that our arena, that the Saddle Dome is getting real old, um, and, and that, that a new arena has to be built, and that it will take the city and many other stakeholders uh, to, to work together to, to achieve that, right? You just, like when you go to build a house or an apartment building, you need to come to the city to do that work. And so it's incumbent on, on all of us uh, to work together, whatever that location might be. And there's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of smart people, uh, both citizens in the neighborhoods and uh, a, a around the table here that we can, we can, we can work together on this. But um, um, yeah, it's it, 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 it's a process moving forward. Yeah, well, it certainly is. Do, do you have yeah. thoughts on, on what should become of the Saddle Dome? It seems that we, we, you know, that doesn't get as as much attention in all of that. Yeah, you know, I've I, I mean, and I've chatted with a bunch of people about what what does a repurposing of the Saddle Dome look like? What is the land that the Saddle Dome's on? Uh, what could it protect if if the Saddle Dome wasn't there? What could be done on that land? There's a whole bunch of conversations uh, happening. You know, what do we do up at McMahon Stadium? Uh, I was out visiting. Um, uh, uh, visiting Ottawa and was down in Los Angeles looking out at LA Live. There's lots of people hunting around looking at a, at a whole bunch of solutions here. Um, so it, it could be one of many. I know that doesn't really answer your questions. People have looked at repurposing them in all sorts of different ways. So, All right. Well, yeah, as you say, lots of decisions to be made. Yeah. Uh, Evan Woolley, thanks for making some time for hey, us here today. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks a lot, Rob. I appreciate it. Take care. There you go. That's uh, Ward 8's uh, Evan Woolley. Uh, represents the, the area that encompasses the West Village. Uh, so again, there there is a plan that was approved by City Council in 2010 to redevelop the West Village. And I guess if Calgary Next isn't going to happen, we could always go back to that. That's obviously going to still entail some cost, right? Just like redeveloping the East Village entailed some cost. My sense is that maybe the Flames were on a different track. Maybe they did have other ideas in mind for an arena. Maybe something that could be done quicker. And when they looked at Edmonton, look, Edmonton got a deal done. How did Edmonton get a deal done? Well, they really pulled on the heartstrings of city council. They talked about building an arena downtown, how they could redevelop that part of downtown. Look, if the Edmonton Oilers had talked about building a new arena way up by West Edmonton Mall or something, I don't think city council would have been as emotionally involved in it. But the idea of building it downtown, making that part of downtown into something, right, that really won over city council up there. So I think maybe at some point the Flames kind of thought the same thing. What if we could do something similar here? What if we find an area that the city has a real interest in developing? 
that might make them more willing to, to get on board. I, I, my sense is that they felt that the West Village would be that. That the city wants to get the West Village redeveloped, this would be a, a way to doing that. And so I think they were genuinely surprised when it didn't go over as, as well as it did. Anyway, 403-974-8255. Quick break here. We're back with more right after this. Welcome back. Uh, I got an email here, Rob at Newstalk770.com. says, Rob, I live in Ramsey. Just a couple of weeks ago, the city gave notice that the agreed-upon Greenlight route is changing. They're moving the route off of 10th Ave to 12th Ave. And one of the options is to drive the train right through about a third of Ramsey. I wonder if the change is because 10th Ave is going to be needed for a new building. Well, I don't know, but that might make sense. Anyway, yeah, to me, this seems like the, the certainly a more realistic option. I think at this point, a much more likely option. And again, if the Flames are looking for that angle, how can we get the city excited? How can we get the city wanting to take part? I think they miscalculated on West Village. But it's probably, it's, it's there. It's, it's obvious. It's right there in, in Victoria Park. So if the Flames can get excited about Victoria Park, I think they could probably get City Council excited about the idea. So that, that's probably where the smart money is at this point. Now, where's the new field house going to go? What's going to be done with McMahon Stadium? What's going to be done with the Saddle Dome? There, there's still other questions, obviously, that come up. There's certainly questions around the West Village, too. All right, let's go back to the phones here. This is Bruce. Bruce, good afternoon. Hey, Rob, I just wanted to make the point, what's wrong with the history, you know, or why don't people value history in a building anymore? I mean, Maple Leaf Gardens was an iconic building, it was there for, I don't know, 70, 80 odd years, and um, and it was an amazing experience uh, to be able to go and, and play on that ice surface and, and think of all the, the greats that, that played there before, and, and, and I, I think that there's value in, in historical buildings. Yeah. And well, the other point yeah. that I wanted to make was, uh, you know, just quickly, um, if public money is used to build these buildings for, for an extremely viable industry, you know, the NHL makes a ton of money, mm-hmm. I think we should have the right to sue them if they go on strike or have a lockout. Because to me, it's a breach of contract. You know, we, we put the money in uh, with the, the thought that it's going to spur industry in the area, hotels, restaurants, etc., they do a lockout, we lose all that industry. So that's my two points. Yeah, okay, Bruce, appreciate the phone call. You'd probably have to negotiate that ahead of time. That would be uh, a tough go. But it's an interesting point because look at Boston and Fenway Park. How well do you think that would go over with Red Sox fans if they said, hey, guys, we're going to build a brand-new stadium. It's going to be great. State-of-the-art. They, they'd lose their minds. You'd have riots on your hands. You don't mess with Fenway Park. So I, I think there are examples where that... that aspect of history is still appreciated but it's become the norm now in most places whether it's you know arenas or stadiums 20 or 30 years that's what you got and then it's time to build a new one right so there there are different ways to make money i guess depending how you design it but i I, look there, there seem to be legitimate issues i guess with the saddle dome maybe we should have not built it the way we did in the first place but here's the thing. Let's say from, from day one there have been no issues with the Saddle Dome roof. We could have had, you know, the best, biggest concerts, no problem. 
would there still be a need for a new arena? Right? That's the one thing that the Flames really haven't articulated. How does the status quo hurt them financially? What are they missing out on exactly? How are they not making money now? How would they make more money in a new arena? All right, let's see what uh, David has to say. David, go ahead. Uh, very, very simply, Gary Bettman came to town here selling the idea of a new arena. Yet, isn't it the NHL that stated if it wasn't for the Canadian teams, the NHL would be in big trouble because the, the transfer payments, the majority of the money, comes from Canada. And, that's, and, and he's talking about a depressed dollar in comparison to times past. If that's the case, and I believe that's true to the case, why isn't it that somebody looks at the flames and said, look, instead of transferring money to Phoenix or Vegas or Carolina or whoever else has got their hands stuck out, why don't you take that transfer money and put it straight into a stadium? If it's such a good deal, if it's such a good deal, wouldn't you, uh, wouldn't you rather own the stock than the bond? It, it, I, I, I really can't understand. All you have to do is turn around and say, look, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Instead of giving the NHL $17 million a year in transfer payments, we're going to keep that. And over 20 years, that's $340 million. We'll put that into our own stadium, and then we'll be a viable franchise, and you guys can you know, be as viable as you want to be on your own versus, well, let's stiff the Calgary taxpayer and see if we can become the, the Seattle Flames because they've moved once already, and Oakland's proved that it doesn't matter where you are, you can move the next year. Yeah, that's an interesting point. David, appreciate the phone call. I mean, yeah, there there is revenue sharing in the NHL, and the Canadian teams have been uh, carrying a lot of the freight as of late. I, I think in Gary Bettman's defense, uh, he certainly went to bat for the Calgary and Edmonton franchises in the 90s when things were kind of bleak. Uh, but certainly times have changed. And yeah, we can look at Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal. I mean, even the arena in Ottawa, I think they got like $6 million from the federal government. But that was largely built with, with private funds, too. So it has been done elsewhere. All right, 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.